Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet, it's time to anchor down. Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast presented by Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. We are part of the 440 Sports Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee, special guest today, Longtime friend of the show, Seabass of WNWS in Jackson, Tennessee. He is back by popular request, just hasn't had the time in his life to do this lately. So we are excited to have him back on today to talk some Vanderbilt football just about a week ahead of fall camp. So with that, we hope you enjoy today's show with my good friend Seabass. Seabass joins me today. He works at WNWS in Jackson, Tennessee, where he's got his own sports talk show. My friend, it has been a long time. It's been several months since you and I have done this together. Welcome back. Well, thank you, brother. Uh, I hope I'm back. <laughs> you, you know, time is, uh, time has become an abstract notion to me at these po- at this point. Uh, but you know, I, I, talk, I called Chris the other day. I said, you know, I think I carved out about half an hour, 30, 40 minutes on Thursday, man. And as you know, I don't get a chance to talk a lot of Vanderbilt sports here, though Clark Lee is coming to speak next week in town. Uh, so I am looking forward to that. But, uh, you, know, you know, I miss it. I miss it, dude. And I'm ready. And, and you know, this I will tell you this. Uh, this has been about as fast. And maybe it's just because I have no time uh, about as fast of an offseason as I can possibly think of ever. Yeah. You know, you know, so, I mean, look, camp's just what? A little over a week away. I can't even conceive of that. Seems like spring football hadn't started yet. Well, the sports season is different than when you and I were kids. And at Vanderbilt, baseball, of course, is a huge thing now. But the way it works is baseball goes up until middle or end of June most of the time. You know, this year I guess it was more like the first of June. I can't, I'm getting my dates lost at this point. I guess it was a little beyond that, but close enough. And then, you know, not long after that, you're dealing with the draft. The draft happens while you've got SEC media days, and here we are. Vanderbilt's going to open camp a week from tomorrow. We're doing this on Thursday. So, really, it is almost a 12-month season anymore if you're covering college sports. The breaks are few and far between. I did take one, obviously, for a couple of weeks out in Colorado the last two weeks, so there's a little bit of break, but um, I'm preparing for the draft while I'm out there, and maybe that's why it goes so fast. There's a lot to occupy. It used to be basketball went in in late March, and then you're just sitting and waiting for Lindy's and Athlon to come out in June. <laughs> Remember those days, for yeah. sure. And on the, by the way, on the note of the uh, of the draft, uh, I guess I got to apologize a little to Vanderbilt fans out there. I'm sorry for openly rooting for Dylan Lesko to go to go at 15, but he wasn't coming to Nashville. No, you know, he wasn't coming to Nashville. So if he's not coming, then I want him in San Diego. And I knew they were taking him. I knew it. And when he when the Mets did not take him at 14, I knew where he was headed. And I I was very excited to hear that. Hope it works out for you and him. Well, well, we'll be very happy together. But I've seen a couple of analysts call his his uh, his changeup the best high school changeup in a decade. Yeah, I mean yeah. that that pitch yeah. got a lot of high marks for sure. Yeah, you know, of course, you know now. I mean, what what is Tommy John surgery? That's a, you know, and that's that's not even a thing. It's a skinned anymore. knee almost, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, exactly. So that doesn't scare me away. I'm st- I'm st- stunned that it scared people all the way up to 15, uh, but I'll, but I'll take it. But yeah, I'd, I, I, you and I did talk and, you know, look, Corbin got hit hard. We, 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 we know that, but Hey, I mean, when you swim in those waters, that's just part of it, unfortunately. Yeah. Someone asked me on our board, would you change your recruiting philosophy if you're him? And I would not, I mean, there might be, they might do the same thing next year and, and maybe, Instead of losing seven, they lose three. I mean, you just never know. They've had right. classes where it broke right. Uh, you know, they they got Fulmer and Bueller through in one class. Although I don't think they were as highly regarded as the guys that went. But point is, sometimes it's just one of those years where there's one team willing to meet a couple guys' numbers, and I think that's probably at least in part what happened. 
Right. Well, and in this case, let me just say this, and I may have my numbers just a little bit off, but I think Coach Corbin's played for the national title, what, four of the last eight years? Yeah. Is that, is that right? Oh, yeah. There's no reason to change anything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's played for the title half the time in eight, in almost a decade in, in the sport that's harder to win than any other sport in North America. So, yeah. You know, and, and, and there yeah. were two or three years in between that had a, you know, took a, a horrible path that couldn't be foreseen and, and had some consequences that had nothing to do with them. But anyway, absolutely right. So yeah, don't change a thing. This will happen every now and then. But I mean, when you, when you look at the laundry list of people who didn't, uh, who didn't uh, take the money and did come to Nashville anyway, and then still flourished on the other end, that recruits itself, I think. Yeah. And we did a podcast about this yesterday. Chip Frederick and I spent an hour and a half. So if people did not hear that one, I would encourage them to listen because I do not. In short, I think, I think we're three weeks out from knowing how next, next year shapes up. Because there's some right. moving parts there, uh, some that are public and some that may not be. So, Agreed, my friend. All right, you ready to get to it? Yeah, I presume you want to talk football with fall camp being oh. eight days away and that being your favorite sport, but I'll let you dictate oh, the flow of the show. No, no, this ain't about me. I'm ready to talk it, but I, I don't technically work for you, but I work for you today. So you tell me where you want to go, and there we are. Well, I, I do right. have a mailbag, so we need to, to leave some questions for that. Now, what we sure. could do is go into the mailbag and make sure we hit all those and then go where we want to go afterwards, but it's up to you. Yeah, I don't want to miss any of those. I don't want to. I hadn't, I hadn't looked at them or anything like so I don't know what's coming, but uh, yeah, bring them on. All right, let's go there. The mailbag is sponsored by Sutherland & Belk, a family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident, give Taylor or Russell a call. That number is 615-846-6200. See what your rights are and if they can help. VandyFan96 asks, Your thoughts on SEC Media Days and Coach Clark Lee announcing Mike Wright as the starter entering the fall. You know, I mean, look, I've heard some people talking about that in regards to why do it now, why not let it have the battle. And then I saw someone's response on the board, and I thought that was great. Look, I mean, you know, Ken Seals is a tough kid, and 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 look, that's that. There's your tackling fuel for you. I mean, look, if if Ken Seals goes out there and massively outperforms uh, Mike Wright or, or AJ Swan, whoever, uh, then he'll take that first snap against Hawaii. But there's nothing wrong with putting that. I mean, look, I mean, when you go into camp, a lot of times uh, they have a preconceived notion of what the depth chart's going to look like. But that doesn't mean it's you know, soundbite's not sworn test. Just because he's going in doesn't mean he's starting. Now, we'll see. uh, That's the beauty of it all. Uh, Do you think Ken's going to battle any less hard? Do do you know Ken? Does he strike you as the kind of guy who, because Mike got named the starter going into camp, that he's just going to throw his hands up and say, well, it was fun while it lasted? Not the Ken I see. No, I think if anything, it'll make him work a little harder. Not that he lacked work ethic, but I, I think sometimes we all need to kick in the pants. And I'm not saying he did. But I think that'll be the effect of it. Agreed. Now, uh, my thoughts on media days. I got. I got to tell you something, Chris. Okay, you ready for this? Now, I've been watching every media day for Vanderbilt since I got out of college myself and got a chance to really focus on them. And first, first of all, I mean, coach, coach. Coach did a great job himself. I mean, he's such a great ambassador for that university. But, Chris, I don't think he could have picked three better players uh, to go represent that school in Atlanta. I mean, they were all so impressive. And they're all good football players, by the way. Uh, But they were so impressive in the way they spoke and the manner that they spoke and the things that they had to say. But I'm all three of them did. They all three did. And you could tell that they were not just regurgitating stuff, that they believed what they were saying. That's very important. But I got to tell you something. I don't know that I have ever heard a more dynamic young man and more eloquent young man than Mike Wright. And I'm, I'm, I'm tell you what, you know, it, there's something to that. You know, you want to play for someone. I even posted on the board after I watched that. I, I would love, I would have loved the opportunity to, to at least give it a go to play for that guy. You know what I mean? To try to block for that guy. Uh, I mean, that guy, and you could tell 
this isn't something he was rehearsing. I mean, I'm not around Mike Wright, and I haven't spent a whole lot of time listening to him. Uh, but from everything you hear, that that he is that's how he is all the time. You hear the other players say that. Uh, he wowed the other members of the media. And you knew it wasn't a bunch of bull crap uh, that this guy feels that way, talks that way, thinks that way. Uh, it's a switch that doesn't turn off. Man, I love that out of a guy who I need to be a team leader. And I mean, there's nothing more important in football than the quarterback position. If he can get everything down right, we we know the speed is there. We know the the stride is there. The the, the feet are there. Man, get that arm going. Get you know, get that throw those those throws a little bit tighter. You know, make some good reads here. We'll see. I mean, the dude's a dynamic young man, and I, I couldn't. I don't know if I could root for somebody more than I'm rooting for Mike Wright this year after listening to that young man talk. Twitter had a bit of a mini blow up after his media days appearance, didn't it? Uh, you know, in I a didn't good see way. It, so you'd have to tell. Yeah, me. yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I didn't see what they had to say. Barrett Slee and a lot of journalists were tweeting about how impressive that was, and I mean, it doesn't mean much, but it did get him a little good publicity for the day. So. I mean, I know what you mean, that it doesn't mean much if the results aren't there, because I, I agree with that. But I'm just telling you, just I would want to give everything I had. You know what I'm saying? If I was in front of him right now and, and I was and, and I'm looking like across the line of scrimmage and, and that's how that guy is all the time. I, I, I'm going to try even harder than I and I, you mentioned we should try hard for everybody. Of course you should. But people like that make people want to raise their level. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I yeah, he's one of those people. Yeah, he's he's a guy, he's he's a charismatic leader. He's the most charismatic leader in that room, if not on that team. I, I had some how do I say this? And maybe this is not fair to Mike Wright, and he was also a freshman and put in a bad spot, but I, I didn't ever I wondered about the leadership a little bit because he's one of the guys that sort of sees the Sarah Fuller thing and and went with it and they were putting him up and media opportunities, which you don't ever see as the backup quarterback, which which tells you a lot about how that whole incident split the the locker room. And I, I'm not I'm not gonna dwell on that any longer than I want than I, I'm going to hear. But I always wondered because I mean, you, you know how pissed off players on that team were and how much different the narrative was private than it was public. I always wondered, would that be a problem with respect going forward uh, to, to most of the kids who didn't like it, thought they were being used? You know, you, again, you saw what happened where the Georgia game wasn't even played because so many players had quit by that time, including some guys that have been team captains ever since. I always wondered if... Just for that, I guess that got me started off on a little bit of a bad foot with Mike Wright in terms of how I perceived him as a leader, but it doesn't seem to affect anything now. No, and it's all about where you decide to live. You can live there if you want to. You know, and that can be your impression of it, and that and that's how you can operate from it. But it occurs to me that the environment that that Clark Lee is creating right now, and I, I just don't see that being an issue. Not saying it obviously took place and and it has merit, but but just based on that vibe, I would be surprised if that's lingering in anybody else's mind. No, it, it doesn't seem to be. Uh, and with that, let's go to the next question. Ann Arbador asks, "Who are two or three Vanderbilt football players who had little to no impact last year on each side of the ball?" who you think may have an impact this year that may be counting incoming freshmen or upperclassmen or really big impact transfers. And he says, punter does not count. Hmm. Fun question here. Let's do this together, Chris. Uh, I can tell you one right off the bat uh, that, that, that uh, I think is going to have a big impact and that'd be Jeremy Lucian. Yeah, you that, that would be think? one, that would be one or two on my list. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or maybe, or maybe three. I mean, there, there's three guys that is. I'm, I'm thinking this, and I haven't given it any more thought than I have in the time since I read the question and to think through it. That there are three guys, if you don't include punter, who sort of pop at the top of that list in my head, and you just named one of them. Oh yeah, Jeremy Lucian has to be there. I, when 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 you asked me the question, of course, I'm just now thinking about it. I'm trying to process a couple different guys, but there are three that stick it stick out to me immediately. So 
I'm just going to go with them, and you may throw a couple of others out there. Uh, but, yeah, Jeremy Lucian is one of those guys who's got plenty of experience, Division One experience. It's a position of need. Uh, I think he comes in and has an immediate impact on this defense on the back end. So he would be one. Uh, another guy, and I'm the other, the other thing about him is I'm not really sh- just exactly sure uh, – how they envision him, or at least how he plays. I mean, is he is he on, on the back end? Is he is he a linebacker? But you know, I remember when C.J. Taylor signed with Vanderbilt. You know, there wasn't a ton. I mean, it was not like he had major Power Five offers all over the place. But all you kept hearing about this football player, football player. This guy's a player. This guy's a football player. Um, I'm real interested to see because it seems like there's a little bit of buzz around him. Uh, what kind of impact C.J. Taylor may have on the defense this year? What do you think? Yeah, he would be – in fact, I misspoke. There are four guys that pop out immediately, and we'll get to all of them. You name again one. Uh, Taylor would, would kind of be the fifth guy on my list because okay. I think he's got a starting spot right now. But there's a lot of competition at linebacker. This season of the Vandy Sports Podcast has been made possible by my friend, Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. When it comes to general or cosmetic dentistry services, Jody is the best in Nashville. Just check out his client list. It testifies to that. He sees movie stars, music stars, athletes, coaches, you name it. Jody is the dentist of choice for stars in Nashville, but he sees regular folks like you and I as well. What people love about Jody's office is the ambiance. It's relaxing. It's friendly. Someone described it to me as a tooth spa. Whether your needs are general or cosmetic, go see Jody today. Call him 615-270-2322. See him at 55 Music Square East, not far from downtown or the Vanderbilt campus. Jody is a former Vanderbilt football player and a huge Commodore booster. So go and talk Vandy sports with him while you're there. Go see Jody Jones today. Thank him for his support of this podcast because without it, this season would not be possible. All right. I'm going to see if I can guess all these, if I can get this right. I think you'd be proud of me if I do. Yeah. All right. Uh, I don't think there's any question that this guy's got to be one of them uh, because he has, he was the talk of the spring. Right. And even though there were, more highly recruited players at his position alone. Uh, and he's the smallest one, you know, and, and sometimes, you know what, sometimes in recruiting, you know, you think what's well, hard, it's almost impossible to miss anymore, you know, just because of the exposure, the immediate exposure for everyone. But I don't know how more, I get the size issue, but I don't know, especially after this spring, how more people did not figure Jaden McGowan out. Yeah, you know. Jaden McGowan was was absolutely on that list. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he has no choice but to be. I mean, he's he's he bring. Look, we have some nice players in this receiving core. Not a lot of proven ones, uh, but some potential. There's not really a lot of dead weight that I can see. Uh, some guys who have a chance to ascend to that next level. But there's only one or two that you know. Every time they get that ball, you could see house written all over it, and. 81 is one of those. Uh, Jaden McGowan's one of those. I, I think I think he just is. I don't know how that many people missed on him. Yeah, I'm with you on that. All right, so that's three, so I need to get two more, okay? That's what, you said you had five? Yeah, so we've gotten Taylor, Jeremy Lucian, and Jaden McGowan so far. Okay, all right, I I think we're there. Um, I don't think you're going to say a running back, though, as you and I both know, I absolutely love Maurice Edwards. I do. Uh, but I, you know, honestly, I think that position itself, I, I think we're playing at a position of strength. You know, I like what we saw, uh, you know, wasn't a ton of it, but we saw a little bit of Patrick Smith last year. You throw him with Ramon Davis coming back, Maurice Edwards, Rocco Griffin. I'm not too concerned about the backfield, Chris. So I don't tell me I'm right that one of those people is not a running back. Yeah. If, if you wanted to go six, seven, eight, and I've got some people there too, Edwards would be in that next group of players. Okay, yeah, I didn't think he'd be in that top five, but I think he's going to be fantastic. You remember when we were talking about that class. I said, this guy, uh, he, he's one that certainly has an opportunity to be good. Um, let me ask you this. Give me a clue. Is one more receiver in there? Yes. Okay, then it's going to be Quincy Skinner. Yeah, Sk- um, Skinner would probably be – Spinner. actually, when we did this, Skinner was one of the first two guys that I thought of. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, look, there, there's a ton of upside there, too. And that's kind of what I'm talking about. Uh, a little more upside than what we're used to seeing outside of the, you know, obviously the Chris Boyds and, and Matthews and things like that. Uh, you know, you put, I'll, I'll just say this to you, Chris. Now, it ha- they have to do it first. But, you know, if I'm looking at uh, a receiving core of Will Shepard, Jaden McGowan, Quincy Skinner, you know, and, 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 hey, let's not leave out Devin Body and Logan Kyle, especially Devin Body. He's had some games. You know, he's he's been in the program for uh, – I don't think that wide receiving core is beholden on, wow, God, if Will Shepard doesn't ball out, then we have no chance. Nobody else can catch the ball. I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. I don't know we have superstars in there, but I think we got a couple of solid pieces, and I think Quincy Skinner is certainly one of them. Well, maybe. It's one of those situations where – there's some guys there that I think have some talent. They're not a particularly big unit, and and I guess McGowan is the burner on the bunch too. But I mean, they're guys yeah. who are totally undeveloped and unproven at this point too. So there's you can you can see a path where they can become good receivers, but I, I think there's a long way to go from from A to B. Okay, uh, so but we're we're on the same page there. Uh, I don't think. We don't really have young tight ends. You know, most of the tight ends have well, been around for a while. You know, because my first thought was maybe Gavin Schoenwald. Uh, he, it might be on the list, but I don't think you're going to say that. I don't, I don't, I don't think. I'm not, it's not going to be a tight end. None of the tight ends are going to make your list, at least in that top five anyway. Am no, I wrong, but, wrong but they, do have, they do have one young one in Cole Spence that I think they like. Yes, yes, that's right. And he's not on campus. Well, I mean, he, he wasn't there in spring, right? Correct. Okay. All right, let's take a look at the offensive line because I've got two on there. You know, I don't, I, and I think one of them for sure is on your uh, is on your top five. The other might be in that second group. I think the one of the top five, and you'll have to forgive me, is it's not uh, Rimmer or whatever. The, the kid from uh, North Texas State, the transfer. Jacob Brammer, uh, yes. He was it was one of the right. first four that I thought of. He's absolutely yeah, on that he, list. Yeah. yeah, he would have to be. Uh question is where where do we what are we talking about? Is he a left tackle? Is he playing interior? What are we doing here? Um, but he has meaningful experience in production, so he would have to be on that list, I would think. Yeah, that's gonna be and, very interesting to see where he settles. Okay, and then the other one. Now, I don't think this makes in your top five, and it may not make the, in that in that next five or so. But I've heard good things, and and you've you've been up close in person. I have not, uh, so this is second hand. But I've I've heard they kind of like what they see out of Gage Pittsford. Are they? But are they expecting them to be a part of that rotation in some way? Yeah, I think there's several of those first and second year offensive linemen. They're going to have a bigger role. I'm just not sure. Mm-hmm who it is yet cuz I want to see where the parts settle. I think where they what they do with Brammer has ripple effects elsewhere. So it's just harder for me to gauge those guys. You know, plus putting young guys out there on day 1. You know, that that's always a risk. Although you you get a little bit easier time with Hawaii and Elon to open the year. So maybe that helps a bit. So but yeah, Pitchford, while I'm sure didn't quite make that list, would be somewhere close to that because they're going to need those some of those young linemen to step up. Did I leave a lineman out? Well, there's several linemen in that group for me. I mean, you've got – and here's the thing. that They had some injuries, too, that, that guys were moving around and playing some days. And, and you know, when when guys are hurt and guys are getting moved, it's sort of hard to know – Okay, who's playing because they think this guy's a factor and who's playing because they need somebody at that spot, if that makes sense. Right. I mean, I think that group, you're looking at David Siegel, Gunnar Hansen, Jake Ketchik, Gage Pittsford, and I don't really know how that shakes out, but that's something to watch in the fall. And then, you know, you go the other direction in the fall, you plug Brammer in and you get some other guys healthier and then you've you know, suddenly it's it looks a little different. But anyway, I I think that's to be determined. But if you want four names from the offensive line, those are four. Yeah, I thought we're so far. I think we're just basically exactly on the same page. Uh, from the defensive line, okay. Well, you know, this is this is hard because this is not a new player to this team. 
but he hadn't really done anything for a, whatever reason, whether it be an injury or whatever the case where there's not enough time. Um, but it sounds like it sounds like this year, uh, if he can get healthy, that they're ha- they have some pretty heavy expectations on the contributions that Malik Langham might be able to make. Yeah, Clark Lee spoke well of him at media days when he was asked. He's he's one of the few guys on that team that physically looks like he's uh, you know could could play for other SEC teams. So that that's a that's a starting point. We'll see where it goes. Okay. Now, you remember not so long ago when we had no linebackers, like at all? <laughs> you know, I mean, it was just such a, it was such a, it just wasn't good. Yeah. And even when we were winning games, like winning in Athens and nearly winning with Auburn, we had, we had Zach Cunningham. Right. It's, it's been a, it's been a options. while since they had a stud linebacker. Yeah. But I mean, I think, that we may have a couple potentially. Now, look, Ethan Barr has been productive since he got here, you know, so that's not it because you've already had those expectations. If we're talking transfers, I think there's a lot of expectations for Kane Patterson. Um, certainly there. Anthony Orgy has proven to you that he is everything you had hoped he would be. But I got a collection of people uh that are, that are coming in and have a chance. Well, one Daniel Martin, though, I keep hearing he's got to put on weight. The talent's there, but he's got to put on weight, got to put on weight. So, okay. No problem there. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking at a, at a couple of other folks. All right. One of them is a name who just keeps popping up as this dude's football player. This dude is a football player. He may not have had every offer in the world, but Arrington Truesdale is just a guy that they say just finds a way to the football. You know, so I'm going to throw Arrington Truesdale in there. And then another guy, you know, last year uh, when he showed up, remember I kept asking, I said, is there anybody that just fits the mold of they look like they would play on another SEC team from a physical standpoint? And uh, it was a guy that we got late in that process. Uh, but Miles Caper's name kept coming up in regards to that from a physical standpoint. Now, does it translate to production? We'll see. Uh, but if Arrington Truesdale and Miles Capers, and I don't think either one of these are on your list, maybe Truesdale, uh, I think this unit gets much better the more they progress. Yeah, linebacker, I'm having a really hard time knowing what to do with because I think Truesdale and Patterson would have started for them in past years, um, presuming coaching competence. But – this year, I mean, you're looking at the bunch. You don't have a lot of guys that have really done some significant things in their careers, but two of them are right here, and that's Orgy and Barr. And Barr right. and Patterson are competing for the same spot. They're totally different types of players, different body types, everything. You know, we talked about Taylor. One reason I'm, I'm not going to say hesitant on him, I just wonder if because they got so many good guys – well, although that's the spot that's the the hybrid DB linebackers, you can't move everybody there. I do wonder if guys get shifted around a little bit. I'm having a hard time knowing what to do with some of those new linebackers just because of the – there is some – you know, if you compare it to the rest of the team, that's the best position on the team in terms of guys that have been there and done some quality things against good competition. Not great things, but okay things. Right, but 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 it's just such a you know it's disproportionate compared to some of the other areas. So some guys that are better players may not rank as high on the impact scale just because of where they are, because they have more competition there than they've got anywhere else on the field. Right, and you know, I mean, look, we've had many, many, many years where we've had to run players out there who are simply Chris love them, but they're not SEC football players. You know, I mean, we they can put the uniform on. That doesn't make them an SEC football player. And I know you know what I mean. And we've had to rely on those t- cats from at times. And and I don't see that out of that unit. And and if you'd have told me the depth wise that that was the case just two or three years ago, I'd like that's we're so far removed from that it's not even funny. And and honestly, I mean, look, uh, because I agree with you about it being a little, uh, from a depth standpoint uh, better than some others. I don't look at this team. I'm not telling you this team's six and six, eight and four. I don't know what they are. It's hard to tell right, right now. 
but there's just not a lot of dead weight. You know, even in these some of these positions, we may not be super strong. I mean, there's been times, you know, where I mean, we didn't have any real Division One players. Not really. I mean, they had the size, but there's no way they were producing. I mean, even if you want to call a unit like the offensive line, the offensive line should be better. You know, they was even talking about that in in in, uh, in, in, in media days. Like the unit that surprised most has come the furthest is the offensive line. You know, I think the transfer certainly helps, but you know, I mean, I just don't know that we're in a we're going into a position now. I will say this: if some of the defensive linemen like Davian Davis and Link Langham are not healthy and can't go and do or and get real production, then I start to worry a little bit on the defensive line, especially on the interior. Uh, but at least on paper, I've seen way worse Vanderbilt teams than this. I, they still got a long way to go, man. Um, they'll be better than last year. Well, but, I don't, I don't yeah. dispute that. I don't deny that. You know, yeah. I, I don't deny that a bit. But, I mean, at least you can see there's a plan in place here, you know. I mean, and they seem to be recruiting a better caliber of athlete. And that's not really deniable. We're missing one guy. Okay. I, well, I wrote well, a guy well, down. Are we going well, well, I know who it is. I, I know who it is because I think I know anyway. Is it, are they in the secondary? No. Wow. Wow. Can I go to the secondary before I try to figure out who that one person is? Well, sure. Because I got a couple. All right. A, a couple here. Man, I just uh, – I mean, how many people how, – how much did they rave about the athleticism of Alan Wright when he got there, right? Man. All of it. What a tremendous athlete. So I think a group uh, contis- consisting of these guys, uh, I'm ready to see what they look like if they can take the next steps. I mean, we've seen Jalen Mahoney. We know who he is. He's a, he's a good player. Uh, but there's a group here. Um, Alan Wright. I'm really excited. And this is the guy that I thought you were going to say was Marlon Sewell. I'm really excited to see Marlon. Yeah, Sewell. yeah, so you Alan's you could put Sewell in that group too. Um, I wasn't thinking about him because he did play a little bit last year. Although that was the definition, I overlooked him. He's he's a guy like he's on the he's on the two deep. Alan Wright is not. Okay, so I'll go with this. All right, uh, who do I leave off with Sewell? Uh, you know. I, the name that kind of pops up from the cats coming in uh, that people were pretty excited about Vanderbilt getting, it seemed like the coaches were extremely happy to get this young man was the, uh, Quint, uh, the Quintavis Gaskins, the, the kid out of Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, you know, now he's young, so we, we don't know what we have just yet. And I don't think he reported in the spring, did he? He'll, he'll he be reporting. Not. He's a fall entry. Yeah. Uh, but I know they like him a whole heck of a lot. But especially Sewell, and, and you know, I think they mentioned even Maxwell Worship uh, is doing better. Uh, but you say this person is not in the secondary, okay? I'll get. I'll only ask you for one clue, okay? And then I'm gonna tell you who it is. Is he on the offensive or defensive side of the ball? Defensive. Wow. Okay. You're not gonna. You 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 won't say him. That's not him. I, I know. I know it's not Nate Clifton. Uh, okay, okay. I, I I think I can. I I I think I can do this, Chris. I I think I know you well enough. But this is a guy who played though, Chris. Now we're not just talking about playing. We're talking about playing and having an impact and making a bigger impact in the following season, right? Okay. Yeah. All right. Or, or right, new kid. For, okay. All right, one more clue. It's not. I'm gonna ask you. It's not a new kid, is it? It is a new kid. Damn you! Excuse my language. <laughs> so it's an incoming freshman. No, oh, boy. Because let me tell you who I was gonna say. Because this was a guy uh, who did play. Uh, I think his upside is absolutely tremendous. And I told you when they signed him, I said this kid a not only comes from a great program, and he did that, uh, but his get off on the football was as fast as I've seen that uh, of a defensive lineman coming into Commodore Nation in a long time. And that was Devin Lee. So you're saying it's not Devin Lee. No, but it could be. I'm hedging bets on him a little bit because he's going to be hurt going into fall camp, and I don't know. When I asked him about, when I asked about him, I think in April, I was told they thought they'd get him back for week one, but I have not circled back on that. So I've sort of discounted him a little bit because of the injury. Right. 
I got to say, I'm pretty proud of myself so far because I feel like I've been, you know, pretty close with you. I, I, I think I, I think we've been pretty close. But all right, so let me ask you this. I'm just going to ask you one more question, okay? <sighs> Offense, or no, you, you did say defense already, didn't you? Yes. Okay, so this is a defensive player coming in for Vanderbilt. I mean, you're not going to say something as obvious as Langston Patterson. I don't think you're going to do that. So I'm, I'm going to say it, that it's not Langston Patterson. Can I can I help you out? I think you're just oh, forgetting okay. this guy. I know who it is. I know, I know who it is. It's one of two people. It's one of two people, for sure. If I'm wrong, I'll walk to Nashville and rub your feet right now. All right? It will come down to one of these two people. It's either going to be – it's either going to be Trudell Berry, who I love. The kid, he's from he's from right outside of my hometown down in Texas. He played at that Baytown Lee program, uh, who was in the same district as my hometown, Deer Park. Uh, and, of course, you know, he went to that uh, – what, what all-star game did he play? And he got in there late, and uh, they loved him. They were just wowed uh, over this guy. So I'm going to say you're either talking about Trudell Berry or uh, I was the, the the big kid uh, out of uh, uh, Agu or Agu or whatever it is, uh, the long arm edge rusher. Which one of them is it? It's one of them. Boy, a foot rub will feel nice. You ain't rubbing no feet. You, it, it's one of them. Don't don't try to fool me. It's one of those two. No, and here's here's where you and I differ. I don't like to get into projecting what freshmen can be till I see them on the field because I have failed at that so many times. No, there's some spots where a a team is so thin that you're like, it's going to have to be this guy or that guy, and you can pick it that way. But you're forgetting Miles Cecil. He's the guy that I'm I'm talking about. Because he is on the two deep right now. Or at least he was leaving spring. And when I, when I, I, I did my you intelligence know, for Lindy's. Yeah. yeah. He's the, the Juco kid, right? No, he's, I don't think he's Juco. He was some FBS I, school I or FCS school out in California. Cal Poly, maybe. Oh, oh, okay. I was thinking it was a Juco or something. And like played, that. played uh, a lot. I think, uh, I think anybody who's come in and played a lot on the defensive line, if he's halfway competent, is going to have an edge over a freshman. We just don't know what you're going to get until he's going against right. guys bigger and stronger and more experienced than him for the first time. I'm actually having to look it up. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, that's right. He played at Cal Poly. That's right. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, I, you know, his, I got to tell you, his film was extremely impressive. It really was. I remember watching that when they signed. I'm like, man, I know more people in on this guy. Uh, he wasn't highly recruited at all. Uh, but one thing that stood out, I remember watching his film, it was his motor was exceptional. You know, yeah, he had a high, he and he and, De- and Devin Lee. I mean, I like high motor guys. Don't get me wrong. I like people who can disrupt. I like people who are hard to move, especially on the interior. But I also like guys with high motors. And I, you know what? Honestly, I'll be the first to admit I would. I forgot about Cecil. I, I knew you did. That's why I was trying to help you out. So I appreciate that. All right, let's. We got a couple more questions to go before you and I've got a hard out here in about fifteen minutes or less. So let's get to those. Puniverse thoughts on areas you would like to see the coaching staff improve on or change from year one to year two. Give me the question once again. Where do you want to see the coaching staff improve over a year ago? Oh, oh, okay. This is a generic answer, but Chris, and I I think it's a fair one, okay? Everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. You know, I mean, honestly, it wasn't great last year. I'm never going to – look. And I, and I have – and and we're all guilty of it. Well, 90% of us on that board get very guilty of this. Uh, we, we need to see emotion. And I know you know what I'm talking about, Chris. <laughs> we need to see emotion when it's not going right. We, we, we need to see something. And we, we saw a lot of that stare that we saw. Not quite the same look with Mason, but, you know, okay, where's the adjustment here? This is not working. 
Um, sometimes it's when it's a personnel issue, there's only so many adjustments that you can make. And so everybody certainly understands that. Uh, but I don't think anybody can truly say uh, from a, a coordinator position coach and say that, you know, we got the max out of the position players in my, that I'm coaching in my position. So, I mean, even though it's not specific, I'm, I'm going to give a generic answer and say literally everything. Yeah. Is that, is that unfair? No, I mean, I think there were some things they did okay. I like the way Jesse Minter had the DBs being aggressive. There were some things that they did well last year. And I'll, I will tell you the same thing I've said a million times on this podcast. Things were so screwed up that they inherited that you could spot some of them and you couldn't spot some other ones. And it just it was beyond a bad situation that they inherited. I sort of give them a pass on last year or so. Um, yeah, I'm not mad at them, but yeah. I need to see it improvement across the board. Yeah, that's where I'm at with it. All right, a couple more, and I'm going to give you this one first because I think you may go on a while if I ask you. VUMAT23 says, your thoughts on the recruiting class so far? Mm, boy, uh, you know what? Or off the time, I'll, I'll need to pull it up, uh, and I certainly don't mind doing that. Um, like I said a minute ago, Chris, I just feel now I, I will I will tell you this. I hated losing the Shivers kid. Uh, and the reason I say that is because I really feel like he's exactly the kind of offensive lineman we need. You know, I, mean, I, I really liked that guy. Uh, but I've got the class pulled up right here. A um, couple things. Uh, one, uh, there's a, a few players, especially on the defensive side of the ball and in the back in the backfield. Uh I don't. I'm from, I'm as I'm as I'm as excited maybe of, uh, about Martell Hyde as I've been about a defensive back in a long time. That dude is a. I would hate. He would be a nightmare to go up against. Uh, he is physical. He is a true dog. Uh, he's smart. He's fast. He's sticky. He's a, he's everything you like. I'm um, looking at a couple of other cats here. The Thomas kid out of, uh, you know, that's a great program, that Tulsa Union. And you may remember a young man by the name of Mackenzie Adams who yes. played there. Um, you know, I mean, you, you look at him. I mean, 6'3", 330, we don't sign defensive tackles like that. No. You know, the, the, the and, and look, he's a top 10 player in the state. The question I'm having is, why, why isn't everybody on him? He can I mean, move a bit for he, his size, I've noticed. He can move a lot for his size. He is in a premier program, so it's not like he's sitting in some, you know, 300-person town that nobody's ever heard of. He plays at Tulsa Union. Everybody knows who that is. I just don't understand why bigger schools – and I, look, hey, I'll take it all day long, but I, I don't know why everybody – I mean, that's, that's not the type of defensive tackle we generally get. You know, at least not stature-wise you know, and frame-wise. Uh, London Humphreys, you know what? I mean, I, I guess, you know, I'll just say this. I, uh, I got a buddy who's a coach on that staff, and, and, and he loves the kid. He thinks he's great. Um, you either have that type of speed or you don't. And how many Vanderbilt fans who saw that state championship track meet when he literally just, you know, it looked like everybody else was in slow motion? I mean, that's – it's a lot of fun. You either have that type of speed or you don't. And here's what I'm envisioning, Chris. Uh, McGowan and Humphreys on the field at the same time, you know, with Maurice Edwards in the backfield and a, a guy like A.J. Swan throwing on the ball. See yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a lot more natural ability that you start with there as to what they've had the last few years, at least since oh. Lipscomb and, and Pinckney and some of those guys left. There's no doubt, man. I mean, that's just that's 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 fun to dream about. It it really is. Uh, the Alexander kid is interesting out of Texas. You know, the yeah. kid out of Austin. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's starting he's starting to get a little more smoke about him. I know Iowa State offered him, and when Iowa State offers, I pay attention. You know, for lots of good reason. You had the Brees kid, Brees Hall kid, who was the best running back in the country uh, last year, by, according to many people. And let's not forget the uh, uh, what was the kid's name. Uh, Played for Arizona, David. Uh, uh, played for Arizona, David Johnson. 
Yeah. Uh, no, he was northern. He was northern Isles. He was he was northern. Right, Isles, that's right. right. But uh, but uh, the Brees Hall kid last year uh, did great. But I'm a huge fan of anything basically coming out of that Iowa State program, especially under Matt Campbell. They like the kid. Uh, all he's done is produce. You know, all he's done is produce, and, and he plays at a program that I think went all the way, I think played for the state title uh, last year, extremely productive, well over t- north of 2,000 yards. Uh, but, you know, I got to see it on the film, and I turned on the film, and I'm like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, he's shifty, he's strong, you know, uh, you, you like everything about him, you know. Um, now I don't question. Well, Texas didn't offer him, so he must not be. You know, and he's in their backyard. You know, they have the luxury of getting what they want. Uh, I think I think he may be one of those guys. I mean, did anybody know who Ralph Webb was, Chris? And he was in Gainesville, and they didn't offer him. Right. You know. Yeah, so I mean, I that, look, that's that's again. the kind of guy they've got to hit on, and I think everybody knows that by now. Agreed. Except you know, like I said, right now the the stable that they have right now they're you know, they're recruiting well for a team who hasn't produced well at that position lately. Well, they're they're recruiting speed for a team that hasn't had any in years. I go back and look, and there was all this discussion about length and all this stuff. Like, when you get that hyper-focused on those qualities, it just seemed like they – I'm not saying they set out to recruit recruit slow kids because nobody does that, but they just completely neglected speed – in Mason's last few classes, and you were man, you were seeing that come home to bite them now. Oh, ain't no doubt about it. I 100% agree. Speaking of speed, uh, man, you want to win in this conference? You're probably going to need people like Ethan Crisp, aren't you? I mean, yeah, I, he will, he will help, know, I think. Yeah, sideline to sideline, he he's going to help. And what I love about him is he is gung ho Vanderbilt football. You know what I mean? I mean, he's he is all about selling that program to people and that, and then you need those type of guys, but he's also a guy who, you know, is going to be productive. Uh, this isn't a guy who was, Hey, he sure was a nice high school football player, but he's probably out of his element. And then, uh, now take a look at that offer list, Chris, and there's a reason for it. And not, the, the offer list is not the end all. We all understand that because some have them and some don't, but it doesn't guarantee anything, but they all saw what we see. I mean, this guy's going to be a player for this team. Uh, and then I'll just give you uh, one or two more. Of course, I'm really happy. I, you know me. I, I love to get uh, in, in-state guys. And I think, I think Maurice Sherrill just plays on a team that's just utterly loaded, you know, with, with superstars in all their classes. Um, you put him somewhere else. Could could he be a feature? Could he be the guy? Absolutely. You know, he's just happens to play on a on a football team that's nothing but really good football players, and he's one of those guys that I guarantee you, man. I think in two years people are going to be saying, "Now, how'd they get him?" You know, I I think he has that type of ability, uh, and and then the other one is a guy who, man. You know, I hope we can hold on to him, and I hate having to say that, but I hope we hold on to him because even though the offers haven't been there from other people, I think that's a matter of time. Uh, you saw Kenrick Lanier blow up a couple weeks ago. Uh, those schools aren't going to forget that. He 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 looks the part. I mean, he literally just does. He looks like an accomplished SEC receiver. Um I think it's great that Vanderbilt got in on him early. They'll have hard work to do. But you know what, Chris? When you look at averages, the truth of the matter is, does that mean he won't go anywhere else? No. But the truth of the matter is is that when you get a commitment to somebody, the odds are in your favor that you will get their signature. I think Kenrick Lanier is one of those guys you're going to be very happy you got in on him early. All right, we got time. We've got about five minutes before we have to wrap up. So I've got two more. We'll see if we can get them both in. Hobo wants to know what you would consider a successful season. I presume that means for football. Oh, well, yeah, of course it means football. Um, this, is, this is hard, Chris. This is hard. Uh, you know, the old saying, you are what your record is. You know, that's who you are. There's truth in that. There's 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 a lot of truth in that. But you know, if this team, if this team at least wins an SEC game, possibly two this year, you know, if this team were to go five and seven, do I settle for mediocrity? Do I do I want a losing record? No. 
But I am okay with 2022 being one of those bridge seasons where, okay, yeah, it doesn't have to be seven and five, eight and four, but I need to see noticeable difference in this program, the way they carry themselves, the way they play, uh, you know, when it's on the line, do they beat themselves? Do they, do they, do they scrap to the end? Do they, are they smart team? Do they turn the ball over? They're just going to be overwhelmed at times by better football teams, and there's not a whole ton, a lot of that that you can do about it. You can only control what you can. And if they'll go out there and play smart football, win me four or five games and give it everything they got until more reinforcements come. And I understand everybody recruits and they bring in people. I get all that. But it's kind of like you were talking about. Instead of bringing in people with no speed and slow-footed and you know, they may have the size, but they're not really, you know, they should probably be playing at, at and no offense to anybody, you know, South Alabama or something like that, uh, and not playing in the Southeastern Conference. You can't win that way. Uh, you, not, not in this conference, uh, which is only getting tougher, by the way, as you well know. Uh, there's no dead weight. I mean, think about the rest of this conference. There is no dead weight. There's not any. Uh, so... I, I mean, I'm willing to be patient, but I need to see team and staff uh, take a jump this year. So I will I – mean, I hate saying a losing record is going to be satisfactory with me. Um, but I, I, will, I will be okay with four, four and eight and five and seven with, a, with, with questions answered so that when we have this question again in 2023, uh, when we're doing a, a, a before the start of the season podcast, I can say to you, I expect a bowl game. I expect six and six, seven and five. Who knows how if everything goes right, eight and four. You know, I don't think that's 2022. I don't think we're there. I'm pretty sure we're not. Um, but a step in the right direction, win games that we found ways to lose like the South Carolina game this year, find ourselves in another game like that. This time, maybe you make a play and you win the game. Um, I, I will live with four and eight, five and seven is find anything after that gravy. All right. Here's, here's what I realistically think. And, and by the way, I would put off that longer term timeline tool about 2024, but I think win three games and have a chance within at the 10 minute mark, of the fourth quarter in two SEC games or or win two games and and have a chance at the 10-minute mark in three SEC games. To me, I think that's about where you set the bar, and, and sometimes I wonder if that's attainable. Yeah, I mean, now look, I have I, I have learned my lesson because you are, I mean, let's just face it, you are the eternal, uh, what would be the opposite of optimist, uh, you're the eternal pessimist when it comes to Vanderbilt. Football. Well, I think but, I think I've been a realist. Well, are, I think no, a lot of the are, but, a lot of the gloom and doom forecasts have have turned out uh, pretty much the way that I've laid them out. But anyway, there's no doubt about it. But here's the difference: but you've also had been tainted to that program, and there's no way around it. It's just true. But but you've been right a gigantic chunk of the time. So you need you and you have an inside connection that most of us don't get to see. So you see the things that we don't. Yeah. So I'm not going to come on here and try to dispute you because most of that time when it comes to those things, you're you're right. You're right about that. But this just does not seem to be. I mean, this is not Derek Mason's program anymore. It's not. Well, yeah, yes, it is. And that's the problem. I mean, it's not okay. his anymore, but his stamp has been left on it for at least two more years and there's no way around that. I don't mean any of the the pessimism or realism or whatever label you'd like to put on it is, is anything towards his coaching staff. I've got a lot of respect for them. I like the way they're going about their business. But th- there's just stuff that there are hands that they were dealt that you just cannot get around. I mean, unless you can start taking 20 kids out of the portal and a bunch of JUCO kids, it, it is a slow build. And, and there's there's no way to get around that. Well, well, no, no, we're having a different conversation. I'm talking about the way this team carries themselves. I mean, if there is still a Derek Mason hangover, then that's on these current players. Well, well, there was a year ago. Now, I think this year will be different, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, because what you were telling me now is that then if that's the case, then what we saw in Atlanta was a lie. None of it was true. And it's just lip service. No, that's that's not what I'm saying. Okay, good because because I would hate for that to be the case if that if that's true. If it takes more than two years 
You know, because look, when you're in there and you're one of those players and you know, two years constitutes in, in some cases 40 or more, 50% of the time that you're even there. So if there are still players in that locker room that are carrying that mindset, it's a dangerous thing. A, da- a, a locker room is an ever evolving and ever changing thing. It, it, it really is. But it seems like now, if we're talking just sheer talent, I'm not going to argue that with you. Of course, you're right. I agree with you. But if we're if you start seeing and and Clark Lee just seems to have a way of doing that. Uh, if you start seeing uh, that the, those philosophies and that ideology bleed over into the players, and you may look the t- the timeline might be right. It may be 24 instead of 23. I don't know. Um, as long as there's steady progression there. I mean, Chris, we're Vanderbilt fans. Where am I going? You know, I, it's not like if they're not 11 and one by 2025, then it's an abject failure. Not at all. Uh, but I, I really believe that's why I say, that's why I said something like four and eight. I wasn't going to come on here and say seven and five. Come on. Um, four and eight, seven and five, because you know, it's belief and attitude that gets you to that point, but then you got to be able to have the talent uh, and week in and week out. We don't have that yet, but I mean, there are places on this football team that just, it seems to me, while they may not be superstars, they aren't this gigantic, just huge. I mean, and you know what it is and you know, the other team knows it. You're thinking, dear Lord. I mean, you remember there were times not too long ago where it didn't even matter. You didn't have to throw the football. You could just run it in between the tackles. You could do You could need 98 yards in two minutes and never throw the ball once and still beat us. You know, I don't know. You can do that, especially with this linebacking core like this. And if guys like Jeremy Lucian come in and, you know, guys like that, that come in and have an instant impact, you know, that's contagious. That's contagious. So your timeline is probably a little closer than mine is. Um, But if I see significant improvement in 2022, I mean, I'm going to be a lot more bullish about 23, but you're probably right. It's probably 24. Now, the question you need to ask yourself then is, okay, if Chris is right about 2024, what is 2024? What are you talking about? What are you saying? Are you saying bowl games again, seven and five? What are we talking about? I'd have to see the schedule before even even making a guess there. Mm -hmm. Well, I I, I can tell you, it's going to be tough. Yeah. <laughs> hey, my man, I hate, I hate to do this. I've got something to do in about five minutes, so I've got to end this a little bit abruptly here. But, man, it's it's so good to have you on again. I've been asked a million times when you're coming back on the show. I've, I've told people, hey, I've, I've tried a bunch. <laughs> you know, I did. You were just that busy, and I'm glad we made time to do this. Appreciate you taking your well, time out of a busy schedule, and I hope we can do this again, uh, maybe with some regularity this fall. We we can, brother, and I'm hoping that it's regularity. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I know it sounds like a, a line, but my my, I really am that busy all the time. Uh, I, I get tired just hearing your schedule. But uh, you know what? I love doing this with you, and I love Commodore fans, and I love Vanderbilt athletics. So anytime that I can carve out to do that, and as long as y'all still want to hear me, uh, I'll be I'm more than excited to do it. And and you're always extremely fun to work with. So. You know, yeah. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we can do this with with a lot more regular. I mean, I can't tell you. I'll be here next week at this exact time, but I will definitely do my best. Give me a, a, a ten second where they can find you and your work. Man, you can find me at wnws.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at cheap seats bass at cheap seats bass. And you can honestly, actually, Chris, if I may, real quick, uh, you can uh, go to Roku TV, Fire TV, and Apple TV, and now watch my show live every day. Uh, and just search WNWS, N as in Nancy, WNWS.com, and you can watch the show live on TV and on and listen to it on radio. So it's we got a lot of great new things we're working on, so I'm excited about that. I'm just astonished you know what Roku is. I don't. I just know we carry it or we use it. <laughs> like I said. I, I so, have no idea what it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, you, you've been a, been a good friend to me, a good friend to the show, and, and can't wait to have you on again soon. Hey, thank you, brother. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode. We thank our presenting sponsor, Jody Jones DDS. We thank our other sponsors, Sutherland and Belk and MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, and that's how we make this work, please email me at chrislee70 at gmail.com. We also ask that you subscribe to our website, vandysports.com. That is $99 a year. You get things there that you don't get here. And of course, please rate, review, and subscribe where you see our podcast. That helps us get noticed. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at vandysports.com. Follow me at chrislee70. And finally, subscribe to our Vandy Sports YouTube channel as well. Thank you for listening to the Vandy Sports Podcast, which is part of the 440 Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. We'll catch you with another episode coming very soon.